Did you know that Earth, Wind, and Fire, Green Day, and Cool and the Gang all share the same muse? Oh my gosh, who is she? You know her well. September. Oh, September. She provokes an anxiety in just about everyone. She's a time of change and transition. But what does September mean if you're not changing? This week, we talk about overwhelming stasis. The feeling that we've been pushing the same giant-ass boulder that just refuses to move. And this feeling of impossibility and hopelessness, along with a series of unfortunate events, drives Rainy to her last resort, the mythologic middle school pastime of Yes Honey, journaling. It's modern social law that anyone in their 20s who's still living with their parents should keep a diary. And we have not been adherent until this point. Yes, the sheer quantity of necessary processing and reflecting outgrew my neural capacity. So I took my little sister's old math notebook and, inspired as usual by Alexander Hamilton, attempted to write my way out of existential anxiety. A tale as old as time. And from Rainey's journal, we discuss. Who do we want to be? How far from those people are we? What job search strategies didn't work last year? And how should they be revised? What does it mean to be high power? Are we real writers? How do we grapple with our own insignificance, but also the notion that the stakes have never been higher to rise to the occasion as a young person? Hide your mirrors, look out for ladders, and keep your umbrellas shut, because this episode is full of bad omens. Welcome to Dead Cat September. Oh my gosh, we have so, 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 so much to unpack mm. everyone it's september i feel like we both are having sort of like an existential crisis i mean again. like it it's it's ongoing it's, it's ongoing, a revival though. as i have articulated yeah yeah it's sort of um it's a renaissance <laughs> it's a revival <laughs> it's a 21st century existentialism art form revival renaissance yeah. and i think it's honestly like end of summer fall always on a global level right is always for any any young person you're kind of like it is, this is a period of transition august to september regardless of anything else happening in the world yeah given our current moment yeah no yeah like you're going back to school you're buying the colored pencils you're looking for <laughs> that sick jansport backpack september is always bad or it's, it's always just like whoa like whoa 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 things are changing right it's like and not necessarily for the same <laughs> <laughs> well i mean the like the weather's getting colder it's getting darker earlier and you're like wow my soul yeah. and my mind are also getting darker simultaneously yeah you're like preparing for like seasonal depression yeah you're Ooh. like at some point there's mm-hmm. gonna be ice on the ground and i'm gonna be slipping and sliding yeah and then that's you know? just like a metaphor for like slipping and sliding it's <laughs> it's just a slippery it's a slippery slope it's a slippery slope <laughs> for sure it's a slippery um, slope i also feel like other people around me my age are transitioning in ways that i'm like envious of and i'm just like i should also oh my be doing that theoretically but i'm not in fact i have done the opposite and i'm in the exact same position i was in <laughs> july august september of last year mm-hmm. but actually mm-hmm. yeah in august of last year I was making some income because I had a service industry job. Don't even have that. Don't even have that at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, LinkedIn has been, I, I am about to delete it because I've seen so many people like, get really cool jobs. And I'm like, 
what do you have that I don't? How are you doing that? Can we have an information interview <laughs> with like this person I didn't really like from college? Because like obviously she has it figured out. <laughs> Literally, I have never. I mean, you know how I feel about LinkedIn. I'm an addict. I'm on there all the time. It's like <laughs> it's been embedded into my habits to just like open it, not even consciously. Like what people do with Instagram, I do with LinkedIn. But honestly, <laughs> because for this reason, for this particular reason of people like announcing new jobs, it hasn't really mm-hmm. bothered me before because I've been like, ah, like something great is in my future. But now, but like literally, <laughs> it's funny that you said that because yesterday I opened it and I was like, no, this, this is yeah. bad. This is making me feel bad. It It's not <laughs> triggering the same interest and joy that it typically does, which is like perverse in its own way, but like... But okay, yes. Yeah, so I I've had like this Well, let me let me lead up to my general feeling of stasis, which was like one realization that I made this week. Yeah. But that kind of comes later on because first I was primed for a flare-up, which started with that I didn't get a job that I was excited about, but at, at this point it's just a given. It's not even interesting. Like I just didn't get the job and I was like, "Yep." You're like, okay, yes, this is like what what else what else is on the menu for today? Like this is honestly just like a daily like a daily vitamin of a rejection. You're like, if I wasn't rejected today, like I'm not getting what I need. Right. It's like I just need to be humbled a little in the morning, you know. <laughs> my ego is just so big. Oh my god. Uh, reject me. Then in the middle of the week, there was these crazy, it was night, and there were these crazy, crazy noises. It was like this weird, it was like this, like, cartoon, like, rah, rah, like, cat fight thing. But then underneath it, it was this, like, hum. It's like, it was so freaky. This sounds like the score to a horror movie. The soundtrack it, to a horror It literally movie. was. And also sounds like, like, the manifestation like if if my anxiety manifested in like publish an album that's what it would sound like right like if my anxiety was like let's get experimental with music and like play some like underground shows in portland like that that is the soundtrack it would come out with and i would be in the crowd being like actually sobbing but like anxiety van gang gang i'll think of the name for it but continue yeah um so so the dogs are like barking we had three dogs which was like a lot of dogs i was like should we go out like should we just look what it is and so my dad and i went out i was wearing these like outrageous pajamas with like they were from my mom's boss and they're like they're blue zigzag and then at the bottom they have these like crazy like yellow bell bottom things and they go up to like mid calf um okay they're I insane <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like in my alley in those those pants and then Icons only. we had like a t-shirt like a not matching like just boxy t-shirt bro that is that and- is park hill fashion week <laughs> that is park hill fashion week we're like flashing our flashlights all around but we can't see anything i have like the my dad has like a real flashlight and i have like this mini like three inch long flashlight that's doing nothing i was like i'm just being included i guess i'm not really sure (laughs) and then but we're just like flashing it all around we can't see anything but the noises are crazy and then our neighbors from across the alley their garage it was like a movie because their garage door came up and it was like the savior moment where like the the noises stopped they were just like standing in like a triangular like formation ready to like figure everything out and um so then the raccoons oh so it ended up being raccoons the raccoons like left 
but the cat was like still there but it was lying down it was like not good wait, wait, and the cat? so our, wait, wait, did you mention the cat before oh wait, wait wait sorry it was raccoons attacking a cat it was a family of raccoons attacking a cat oh my yeah. lord this is like yeah animal warfare <laughs> this is like gorilla animal gang warfare so then the our like neighbors from across the alley knew the person who owned the cat so then they like so the owner came and picked up the cat to take the cat to the vet and then the next morning my mom was like yeah the cat didn't make it and i was like not today literally not today this is so sad so did did you like pretty much witness the the beginning of a death of a cat (laughs) yeah Yeah. wait so you saw saw did you see it on the ground practically yeah yeah, it was so sad. It was just, like, lying, like, bleeding out. And I was Jesus. like, this is just too much for 2020. Like, I just Jesus. can't. Like, when does it stop? On top of everything like, else, you saw a cat bleeding out in the alley. Yeah. That I feels know. like, truly, it I'm was so like sorry this... to say, but the worst omen I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly. Like, I'm not even trying to sugarcoat this right now. Bad omen. <laughs> Bad omen. Yeah, so that was, like, incredibly sad. And then... I I like I I told you a little bit about this, but I was like on this. I have my little freelance job, and I was I had to talk to this woman who's from the National Guard who like wasn't calling me back. And then um, she like finally the day that she really really needed to call me back, she called me at eight a.m. when I was getting dressed while I was like fully naked. So I just talked to this like National Guard woman without any clothes and i was like i love perfect one of my favorite things is speaking to the national guard completely naked in my room alone (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like this is ideal i would say um so happy to be here (laughs) so just i'm just happy to be here you know (laughs) okay so so we had fried eggplant yeah we had this fried eggplant which was amazing but whenever i eat eggplant um Mm. my mouth gets like fuzzy and I always thought that was, like, it was, like, a pineapple thing. Like, right. that everybody's mouth got fuzzy. Right. But apparently, it's because I'm allergic. And I lo- I was looking this up because after I ate so much fried eggplant, I threw up five times. <gasps> and I haven't thrown up Sweetie. since 10th grade. And I, like, literally woke up in the middle of the night and I was, like, I think I'm about to throw up. And then I was, like, no. I don't do that. Like, no, no. This isn't me. This isn't me. And then threw up violently five times in a row disgusting and i was like okay i'm allergic to eggplant (laughs) hello (laughs) there was a better way to tell me this but okay (laughs) yeah so that so that was like my like rough week and then i was pretty much just like i feel like i'm like pushing this like rock really hard Mm -hmm. like really try like really like all my effort and it just like has not moved for the last year and i'm just like what the fuck and you're like am i pushing the wrong rock like should i even be pushing this rock should i be like trying to go around climbing it right yeah like literally why is this like not moving and it's because i'm like literally in the same spot that i was in one year ago like weirdly in the same spot like just like with like similar anxieties similar like job prospects um, or lack thereof and i'm kind of my just, case at least or lack thereof just kind of like the impossibility of it all right. and um i was just like really really upset and i was like my strategy used to be like i thought i was gonna figure out like what industry i want to be in and then apply for that industry 
get a job, sort of like suss it out, be like, is this good? Is this, should I switch industries? Should I switch companies? Do I see a job that I like want to do like eventually? Like, and then pursue the job that I want to do eventually, whatever that may be and whatever that requires. But what I did not foresee was not being able to get the job in the first place to like be able to suss out like the industry, you know? I feel the the same exact way. Same exact way. Yeah. And so I was like, I think what I need to do is be like, just be like, okay, I'm going to write down all the, this is from Meg Jay, actually. I'm going to write down all of the, yeah. Meg Yay. And I was like, okay, our matron <laughs> goddess. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm going to write down all the options. So like documentary film writer, film editor. And then I'm going to not write down any assumption because I have like a lot of assumptions about like Los Angeles and Hollywood and the industry and like yeah. just kind of like it being built on cocaine and anxiety and depression. Uh-huh. Which I don't know if that's true. So I'm going to ask some, like, people. And then I'm going to try and, like, choose one industry. And then instead of being, like, applying broad. Because I used to be applying. I applied to, like, 90 jobs last summer in random fields. Like, I was just, like, the job will choose me. Yeah. You know? So instead of doing that, I'm just going to apply to, like, one industry, one job. And that's, like, my new strategy. But I have no idea if that'll work either. But I was just sort of, like so incredibly sad about um I am not who I want to be I'm not like where I want to be I don't know how I'm gonna get a job I honestly don't know I kind of felt like I'd like tried all the all the things that I knew how to try and it just felt like very out of my control and I was like uh and then the last thing I did this week was watch the Hunger Games movies like hours and hours in a row (laughs) And that was just the nail on the coffin. Yeah, and then to that like, I say, like, I mean, you're already so deep. It's like, why wouldn't you just, like, do that? But I'm also, like, the opposite of a cure, of course. Like, they right, were just, like... Right, I was, like... They're gonna make it worse. Yeah. Right, I was, like, I hour four into it, and I was just, like... No, not even. I think it was hour five into it, and I was, like... So, we are on the brink of a civil war. Well, what's actually scary about The Hunger Games is, like, when I watched it in 10th grade, I was, like... Ooh, apocalypse like it's like dystopian oh, how dystopian yeah. and now i'm like um this is actually just like what's going on this is actually just news at this right. point mm-hmm. and like honestly i think if trump gets elected there will be a civil war but that could be because i just watched the hunger games right but <laughs> it was like i mean we're not political pundits here but <laughs> but based on the and plot I, of the yeah. hunger games and if we're just like making 2021 <laughs> predictions blend this cultural analysis with a little political forecasting i was i did fall in love with peter malark so that was like that was an upper i see i see Um, that for you i feel like that was sort of inevitable i mean (laughs) yeah yeah so so back to so back to journaling hunger games led you to journaling this is this is what i the this is like the list that i started with journaling all the things that i wanted to write about who i am and adjectives who I want to be, goals for pandemic, I think what I'm proud of, Ooh. Uh, things that are like drugs but aren't, things that make me happy, things that make me sad, thing, what I'm afraid of, things I regret, pivotal moments, and what I learned from them. So that was like my template Wow. for journaling. That. And yeah, what really fucked me up though was I wrote down like who I wanted to be 
And then I just like cried and cried and cried because I was like, I'm so far from that. I don't think I'm any of these things. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Just like really sad. Okay, I love this exercise, and I think I need to do this because it's gonna be. I'm probably gonna feel depressed as well. Um, (laughs) In like in like a productive way, I hope. So, what were your adjectives? Expand more on like what the adjectives were and why they made you cry. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me find this. Wow, this is like okay. Who I want to be undiscernibly kind a force to be reckoned with a writer but write things that are good enough for people to actually read proud of myself know the importance of and consistently practice jubilation shop local organic and upcycle laugh a lot and have a good sense of humor yeah that was my list but then I was like I'm I think I'm kind when it's easy to be kind but I feel like if I'm, like, threatened or under stress, I'm not necessarily, like, nice to everyone, you know? Yeah. I struggle with this a lot. Yeah. And, like, I want to be, but I'm, like, I'm not, I wish, I, I, like, my parents have this thing they call people, like, high power. They're, like, oh, she's high power. Like, kind of, like, don't get it, like, she can do anything. Yeah. Like, if she wants something to get done, she's going to get yeah. it done. And I definitely am not that, because if I were, I'd have a lot more stuff done. I can I, like, have a very high such power. a long time what sitting in my parents house no but i think like high power okay (laughs) this is my thing about high power first of all i love it as a describer because it's like one of the things that i admire about you is that you like i think this ties in with like you you're not that trust like you don't like i really like that you just like don't trust other people's opinions like i'm a person that like (laughs) is very influenced by other people's like opinions and perceptions and i think you're just kind of like I trust myself and I trust the people that are closest to me and like whatever you say like I'm not going to trust you and you just like focus on like your own standards and like what is good to you and your standards are high like it's I think it's just like trusting (laughs) yourself is something that I am in the process of like like growing into and just being like I'm like like in this this is also related to like relying on an external validation but I'm just mm-hmm. trying to, like, move away from that. And also, the thing with high-powered is, like, high-powered doesn't necessarily mean, like, getting shit done. Like, it uh-huh. can be, but it's also about, like, knowing yourself and being self-aware and, like, writing goals, pursuing your passions and, like, figuring yourself out and putting energy into the things that matter to you, like, the relationships that matter to you. And, and even the fact that, like, you made that list of adjectives, I'm just, like that's like a really powerful thing that like so many people I think should do because you probably would start to I think like actually writing things down first of all is good for manifesting yes that's a cliche Mm -hmm. but I do think it works and I think there's like a lot of power to change your behavior based on like the person that you want to be and I think it's laudable to want to be to 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 improve yeah I just in my mind that you're very high power thank you oh my gosh this is like Oh, I need to write this down in my journal yes. and like remember because I think your I think your vision of yourself can be really warped yeah and like especially when like your self-esteem is like plummeting or just sort of like not even because I like never even think about not caring what other people think you know yeah. like I don't really like have that I think it just is like kind of like a natural thing so I don't really like think of it as a pro you know yeah. what I mean like, things that you don't have to think, that you're good at, but you don't think about, is just, like, very easy to forget about. Yeah. Do you feel like journaling is helping you? 
I don't know because it's so riveting. Yeah. It definitely makes me like really sad. Like yeah. to well, what makes me sad is like in the back of the journal. I don't put this in like the front of the journal because I don't want to stumble into it. But that second half of like things that make me sad, what I'm afraid of, things I regret. Yeah. Um, or like bad memories I have in the back, but I like went through them all. I think it maybe helped because I don't think I'm like, like spiraling on them as much, but it was just like really hard to go through. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to write this down. But then I was like, no, this is the point of what I'm doing. And I didn't really have any like clinical confirmation that it was going to help, you know, like it wasn't like a professional was like, you should do this. So I was kind of like, is this going to be like bad? But then... I think it helps, but it was, like, really hard to go through it and then, like, or, like, things I'm proud of. Everything that I was proud of kind of had, like, an asterisk, mm-hmm. you know? Like, got an internship at NPR, but then, actually, at the end, I was, like, it was kind of, like, a personal rejection because they knew me, and then they weren't, like, let's hire her, right. you know? So it was kind of, like, there was parts of it that was, like, confrontational, I think, of, like, like I, I, like, I didn't know how to describe myself. I was, like, I don't even think I, like, know myself. Yeah. You know? Or, like... Identity. I have trouble like compliment like putting down good things about myself because I'm just sort of like am I am I like this you know yeah I feel like for Um, every good thing I think about myself I'm always there's always a qualifier like you're this way in this situation but and like but there's always the (laughs) exception and there's always like I mean duality and also it's like I think it's hard to be like no this really is a strength it's also hard to be like Mm -hmm. um, objective about yourself reflecting i think also this like stasis makes it hard to celebrate yourself and just like i'm like okay if i if i were capable and strong and like high power and like smart appealing like i would wouldn't i be further along you know yes a hundred (laughs) percent This week, we could not be more excited to be partnering with Down to the Wire, an incredible jewelry brand that uses all natural materials, including ethically sourced fruits and flowers, to make some of the most stunning and unique earrings and rings you have ever laid eyes on. Down to the Wire jewelry is vegan. It's eco-friendly. And always uses hypoallergenic metals. The trifecta. Every single piece of jewelry is handmade and completely unique. And our partnership this week is unprecedented. Listeners, you are about to get 50% off any order using the promo code DEADCATS. This offer is highly exclusive, which means it's only available until Sunday, September 13th at midnight. That's right. Right when the clock strikes 12, you're out of luck, folks. I'm on my way right now. So visit the Down to the Wire store in our episode notes or go to www.downtothewires.store right now. Select your jewels and enter the promo code DEADCATS. Again, that's D-E-A-D-C-A-T-S at checkout to get 50% off any order. Elevate your fall look and support a young designer who is making waves in the sustainable fashion landscape. Guys, this is a win, 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 win. Also, be sure to give them a follow at down to the underscore wire on Instagram. I promise you, your feed will thank you. And we're back. Um, okay, yeah. I want to talk about... There's actually a lot of things I want to say on that because I'm... It's, it's, it's kind of imposter syndrome, which I also... Mm-hmm am experiencing right now one of the things that I really like that you wrote down was about like being a writer because I think that's something that I really struggle with um I think that's like something that I really want to be but I like 
don't really do it. No, I, yeah. Where I, like, 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 I, I write for this podcast, which is, like, my most consistent writing project, mm-hmm. but I'm, like, I almost, like, don't believe, it's, like, what I studied in college, but I just still don't believe that I'm, like, really that good. What? Um, Wait, you and... also went to, I mean, I think of you as, like, the the writer like the archetype of a writer like you went to dsa <laughs> for creative writing i know honestly like it, it it boggles my mind to think the fact that about the fact that i went to an art school for a year for writing because i'm literally like I, this goes back to the like again like the who is she like why can't i still be her type oh. thing or maybe like what why has my identity and my ownership of my skills been ravaged like what uh-huh. is that about like why am I having such difficulty like owning that yeah and on this road trip me and the kid that I was traveling with his name is Alessandro shout out <laughs> he talked a lot about like ownership I don't know we had like really interesting conversations about like ownership of like the place that you're from and like ownership of like complicated conversations about like on the road trip I think I was thinking a lot about like identity Mm -hmm. and like what makes me who I am and I think some of those things that are like inherent Mm -hmm. potentially other other people notice but are just like so natural to you that you don't notice them like inherent sort of like that's like who you are but you don't even think about it like me being like it's like the invisible side Um, it's invisible to you but super potent to everybody else completely completely invisible to you and those I feel like in many ways are like secret weapons Mm -hmm. But sometimes we don't even know that there are secret weapons. Yeah, Yeah, but I think I'm dealing with, like, a lot of imposter syndrome. And I feel like I've always called myself, like, a generalist and Mm -hmm. been like, oh, I can, like, do a lot of different things. And what was very appetizing to me about startup world and, like, tech world was, like, Mm -hmm. oh, really fast-paced, like, wear many different hats, like, do everything, like, kind of, like, semi-well, but, like, nothing, like, really, really well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like me. Like, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But... Also now being in this world of, like, trying to break into, like, the world of tech, mm-hmm. which is, like, sometimes I'm, like, why am I doing this? And like, the startup world I'm of like, tech. Yeah, startup okay, world. Okay. The startup world. I was, like, wait, are you going to computer science boot camp? <laughs> Has the day come? No, okay. no, no. <laughs> Have not to reach that point. Maybe on the horizon. Um, did, apl- did apply to one in college. <laughs> in Spain. Um, but... I Computer. was sort of like I'm also at, a, at this point in my job process where I'm like I have no skills. Like yeah. yesterday I was like I actually like things like UX design and things like yeah. right. I'm kind of like is that what grad school is for? I mean, yeah. Are you thinking like maybe like film, like film grad school potentially? Maybe I think like, and this is I think this is my imposter syndrome where I'm like I feel like people in the film industry are so like ride or die like cutthroat like knew they wanted to be in the film industry since they were born and I'm like definitely not like that mm-hmm. but I've never been like I'm just not like that about anything like that's just like not my mo you know yeah so I'm like does that make me Completely. like less desirable as a candidate or like less capable of success or does that just like make me kind of like just a different person like like just different strengths you know like more pragmatic yeah or something. i think definitely just a, a different person i feel like there's like there's like all this dogma within the industry mm-hmm. about like yeah i feel like people who are in film it's like this is their s- singular love yeah and there's so much like 
elitism yeah. and like so for me my thing with my baggage around writing down like want to be a writer is I feel like I feel so much stigma around it and it's like like okay I remember at like this Christmas thing uh when I was a junior in college my uncle was asking me about like my favorite class or like what I was taking and I was like yeah I'm in screenwriting I like really love it and I went to this seminar of this guy who wrote for friends and he was like yeah like people think that you can't be a writer in the tv industry but because there are so many but what they don't realize like because he hires writers is he's like is that there really aren't that many good writers like there are, are a mm. lot of writers but not a lot of good writers so I was telling my uncle that and he was like yeah but then you have to be like a good writer and I was like okay <laughs> great point yes and so I just feel like there's like kind of like I don't want to tell anybody that I want to be a writer because the probability that they're gonna be like oh no 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 don't do that don't do that is like high you know yeah yeah it's less the stigma for me I think like honestly like the people I admire most mm-hmm. like call themselves writers and I'm kind of just like, am, do I not like have the confidence? Like, could I be doing that? And I just like, am not doing the right. Do I not have what it takes to do what they're doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, am I just like not capable? I'm not cut out for it because like, if I was, I would be there. Right. You know? My question is, is it skill or is it risk? Is it like they put on their LinkedIn that they're writers, you know, right. or like they applied to certain things and kind of like had like a really bold cover letter or like what what is it a reflection of is it the star reading that I got when I was born my grandma got for me when I was born said that my second half of my life was going to be way better than the first half of my life so Mm -hmm. I'm like maybe it's just coming you know and like this is like I need to go through this like I just need to I've been feeling like there's something that I need to learn, but I also feel like I've learned so much and I'm just like, what is it? What's the piece that I need to understand? Right. In order to like progress. I agree. I feel like I was just like, if I keep working, if I keep working at it and granted, like, I think I need to like put in more hours into like actual job searching. Um, like I definitely (laughs) recognize that, but at a certain point you're like, am I missing something? Right. Like, actually, am I missing something here? Like, is there a piece of me that is like stalling or like... And honestly, is I'm kind of like, is there like a lot of like some of this personal development stuff, personal work stuff that I'm like, wow, do I need to like overcome this before I am, I can be like successful professionally? Yeah. Um, And probably some of that is true, but also, I mean, and like, you know, one of my greatest fears is like the realization of that you're like not as great oh, as yeah. you thought you were. And like kind of realizing, like, I remember when I was in high school, my uncle, my, um, kind of buddhist uncle was like one big step of life is if like the world is like this huge puzzle with like millions of pieces being like wait Mm -hmm. i am just a blue sky piece like in the middle of the puzzle like i'm not a corner piece you know like martin luther king maybe is a corner piece but like just kind of like accepting that you're a blue sky piece and i'm just like really not there emotionally like i'm just sort of like no yeah like i I have to be some someone significant. Um, right. And I think this is this is honestly this is a, a giant dissonance, yeah. especially right now when people are like, your voice matters yeah. more than ever. Like speak up. I mean, outside of like voting rhetoric, which is like obviously voting is important and like it's the one way that you can actually voice yeah. like per- participatory democracy is like like everybody vote important who's to this podcast. Right, right, right. Like everybody vote. Everybody yeah. vote. But it's like you know silence is violence like 
and then and then you think about the internet and like it's sort of become this void where everyone is like you feel i feel like everyone is screaming and i <laughs> in these past few days back to this point of like yeah. no, nothing really matters yeah. spending time on twitter and just like seeing oh my gosh first of all it's so divisive uh-huh. and it's so clickbaity and it's an erasure of nuance and um <laughs> i'm kind of like it doesn't even matter what i say because it's just like it feels like a void a little bit and maybe that's just mm-hmm. like sad and like nothingness but also i think it's like everyone right now is like you can make a difference you can matter your opinions mm-hmm. matter your voice matters but also <laughs> then 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 something will happen where you realize like your your utter smallness mm-hmm. in the world and how like tiny 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 you are and like all this crazy stuff that's going on internationally Mm -hmm. i feel like there's a there's a new crisis literally every day and you feel like utterly powerless everyone's so it's like simultaneously the world is telling you like you have the power to do all this stuff and then you're also like oh no but i'm actually powerless like how am i oscillate between being like let me devote myself to like being like yes i can have impact on people's lives and then being like who am i to think that i can actually have Mm -hmm. impact or change anything really why wouldn't I just, and this is also, like, revolution of values, Yeah. why wouldn't, it's so much easier to just prioritize yourself and be, like, what is going to make me happy, what is going to make me have, like, a happy, comfortable life, mm-hmm. um, like, wh- why wouldn't I choose that if I felt hopeless about the ability to actually, like, make change, Yeah. you know? Oh, I used to never, never worry about, like, existentialism and, like, nothing mattering because I was just like it's about like a hundred people it's not about like the Mm -hmm. world but I think this comes back to like me not really like doing anything like waking up and just sort of like not having plans like am I even affecting like at least in school you kind of had like friends and like people you saw every day and people who like you cared about and cared about you but now it's kind of just like isolated in this it's just sort of like am I impacting anybody ever in a positive way yikes that's scary that's scary and I think when I come back I I guess this is the other thing when I come back home to Denver I feel like I get in this mood where I'm just like you need to consume as much knowledge as you need to be like listening to the news all the time you need to like read as much as possible and like I get on this like weird like knowledge mania (laughs) thing and I'm just like I, I I know nothing I I can I can't consume enough like media and information and like email newsletters and <laughs> like <laughs> need to be on Twitter and need to be like and I'll try to like systematize it and then it all falls down mm-hmm. by Kanye West yeah <laughs> and I've been reading this book ironically called How to Do Nothing <laughs> Resisting the Attention Economy picked it back up and she just talks about like the commune she talks about like the 1960s and how like yes. <laughs> civil rights Always movement relevant. was happening vietnam yeah. war was happening jfk was like assassinated and there was this movement of all these cu- communes of people just like moving siloing themselves away from society mm-hmm. trying to like rebuild it from the ground up and like i feel like now more than ever i'm thinking about like and mm-hmm. like i wonder if like escapism is going to be i mean a lot of people are like if Trump wins again, like, I'm escaping, um, <laughs> but I feel like escape escapism is also, like, kind of, like, hopelessness a little mm-hmm. bit, like, because I think more than, now, now more than ever, young people are, like, civic engagement, like, this really matters, mm-hmm. um, but also simultaneously, like, so disillusioned with the system, 
and kind of like moving away to the country and like not having to engage like that sounds like hugely relieving in a lot of ways but also like that FOMO I think (laughs) is a business model and I would feel it so intensely FOMO Um, is a business model that's I have to like think about that and I feel that so deeply embedded in me like this fear of being unproductive and this Mm -hmm. like anxiety around like not being productive and then I'm just like reading another news uh, email newsletter Darcy is not propelling you (laughs) towards your future you know and so I kind of have thought about like in terms of like job prospects I'm like what if you just like didn't because I'm like oh this like consuming all this stuff is going to make me more informed person Mm -hmm. and this is going to make me a smarter person and this is going to make me more deserving of a job Mm -hmm. and journalism and media what have you but now I'm realizing like people who have the jobs that I want probably aren't like spending three hours a day reading email newsletters (laughs) they're like doing work this week the odds were not exactly in my favor But what do we do when body slammed by a semi-truck of anxiety, self-doubt, and uncertainty? That's right, Michelle Obama interviews on Jimmy Fallon. And this week, Michelle disclosed that Quest Love made her a Spotify playlist. So, I've spent the last seven days on Michelle Obama's Musiquarium on Shuffle. And I'm bringing this up because while sometimes the world is ending, you're isolated in a pandemic and living out a tacky Groundhog's Day plot, but there are also moments of delight. And from my journal herself, things I love. Playing Monopoly with my extended family, coffee in the mountains, sometime in March when it's finally warm enough to open the windows that were shut all winter. Existential dread may be perpetually bubbling beneath the surface, but we're in an ocean, which means there's a wide diversity of experiences and biodomes. Sometimes a tsunami, but when the waves settle, there's plenty to look forward to. For the three days following the recording of this episode, I thought I was experiencing a bout of, and I won't stutter when I say this, nihilism, wherein life is meaningless, extreme pessimism prevails, and nothing matters. I have since learned that the German philosopher Nietzsche argued that nihilism's effects would precipitate the greatest crisis in human history. All I know is that it stirred up a stormy crisis in yours truly. Unrest surrounding late capitalism is now apparently an essay genre, and after examining the recurring themes of this podcast and experiencing the past three days of hopelessness, I'm really starting to understand why. Do we focus on hope or do we wallow in despair? Hope feels tired, but it also feels like it's the only option. Relentless optimism can be exhausting, but so is dogmatic cynicism. I've become profoundly disillusioned with the sex appeal of cynicism, but its revival is startlingly sensual. That's probably fall talking. Can optimism ever be hot? I guess Obama made it sexy as hell. The thing I've landed on is movement as a saving grace. We can argue all day about how many teaspoons of skepticism for each cup of positivity and hope we're baking into our quarantine sourdoughs, but at the end of the day, we must keep moving. Move your body, send the email, drink the tea, blink the eyes, cut the hair, walk, run. Stay in motion. It maintains flexibility of body and mind and prevents stiffness in both. That's all I have this week, B-boys and B-girls. Catch you later, Nihilism, you silly little flirt. This week, Darcy and I donated to the Homeless Black Trans Women Fund, which provides black trans women in Atlanta with cell phones, temporary housing, food, and other resources. 
If you want to join us, click the link in our episode description. That's it for today. Oh, except a breaking announcement. We have an Instagram. Give us a follow immediately at doingit.wrong. Bezos. Doing It Wrong is made by Darcy Newrider and Rainy Toll. Our executive producers are Toll, Rainy and Newrider, Darcy. Our technical directors are Rain Woman, Not Rain Man, Toll, and Darcy Hagendas Nucleotide. Our sound engineers are Taney Roll and Narcy Dewrider. Love them. Special thanks to our writers, Darce, New at Writing, New Writer, and Rainy has written some essays before Toll. And our editors, D. Newwriter at KentDenver.org and Rainy Toll at ScienceAndTech.org, who have put in many hours into this production. We source our contemporary philosophy from Darcy De Sorrento Nucleotide and Rainito, descendant of the Toll family that owns Toll and Toll. Our intern is May Toll. And we receive begrudged, second-rate freelance creative consulting from Luke Newwriter. Our custodians are Rain Dog, Let's Get Through This Fog, and D. Nunu 22, This Is Not About You. Please reach out to our large team if you're interested in contributing or being a guest on our show. Every inquiry must begin with the whom's it may concern or it won't be processed. Our outreach managers and also our contact emails are DarcyNewrider at gmail.com and RainyToll at hotmail.com. Our cover art is by Maddie Haynes. Check her out at maddiehaynes.com. Peace and blessings. Please check our next episode and text your friend this episode link right now.